Welcome to Walking with God, Pat Berry and Jeff Quinto's podcast, where Pat and Jeff talk about their walk with Christ. My name is Jeff Quinto. And my name is Pat Berry. Jeff and I get together on occasion and we talk about scripture and our walk with Jesus Christ. Today our topic is Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. Hear the word of the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Now there we have it. In only a few sentences, there's a lot that's been said. There's a tremendous amount there. So we're going to start. Let's talk about this, starting with the second verse. Let's talk about that, and then we'll pivot into the first verse. So the second verse says, It is vain that you rise up early and go to rest late, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. What's the story of this bread of anxious toil, do you think? The bread of anxious toil. I think, uh, actually, I think we've all eaten that at one point or another. I can tell you from my life, I have done that several times. The most uh, recent time is when I owned a business. I, I put my heart and soul into the business along with, you know, a second mortgage on my house <laughs> and everything else, everything that goes into the business. It is an unbelievable commitment when you start a business. In fact, I've told people if you accurately describe what it's like, most people won't believe you because they will tell you there's no way it could be that bad. Trust me. <laughs> it's very fulfilling, but it can be very tense at times. And you have to make decisions that if you want the business to survive may not be the best for, uh, for, for personal life, for family, for friends, for just your own well-being because you are working crazy hours. You're doing everything you can to get it up and running. And then once you have it running, well, you have to keep it running. Yeah. And for me, it was almost more difficult to keep it running than to, than to start it running. Thankfully, I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, this is the American dream, is it not? It is the American dream. And, you know, I have to say, in a lot of ways, it was. It gave me a lot of independence. It allowed me to, to be my own boss, to do my own thing, quote unquote, my own thing. Even though, as I look back, there are definitely times in that business that I could see God's hand at work. It was a different time when we had payroll every two weeks. And I can tell you that, uh, I can tell you this now, it was five years before we had the amount of money to cover payroll in the bank on Friday. So every two weeks for the first five years, I was wondering if all the checks were going to clear. And I knew I had to have a certain amount in. There were times where it got tight. So this was in the days where credit cards would show up. Make a call and based on your federal ID number, not social security number, a federal business ID number, we'll give you $20,000 interest free for 18 months. Okay. <laughs> free money. Free money. Did that three or four times and it got, it got me through, got uh, me through. If, if those things wouldn't have come up, I probably would have been in some trouble. There were times also as I was growing the business where I would just, the timing would be right. I would need a person to come in to do a job. They would come in. There were, looking back on it, there were, there were a lot of things that God had his hand in it. But when I was in the midst of it, God wasn't always first. In fact, he was rarely first. Yeah. And um, that, 
that spells trouble. Yeah. Now, that's, the, that's you pursuing the American dream. Now, there's another part to this, of course. After that five years, things became a, a little easier, right? They did. They did. And it was almost five years on just bang, on the, on the money. Uh, things got easier. The, the, the cash was coming in nicely. We were able to step back a little bit. But again, you know, things still had to be, still had to be run, still had to be expanded because, you know, you can't get to this level, uh, a certain level here. Uh, I want to get to, you know, I want to add another 10% this year and maybe, or maybe 20% this year. Uh, What's that going to take? And it's, as I said, it could take more work. I think it took more work growing it than it did, it did starting it. But yeah, for several years, I was I was good. You know, we were we were good. We were it was it was good. It was still a lot of work, but the financial part of it was worked out. So did that satisfy you in every way? It did not. Ooh. It did not. Wait a minute. I know. I thought, I thought you just described yourself as successful in every way that the the world would call you successful. You would have been that, right? Yeah. Well, it would have been. And you know, we we uh, not that that we had that we were driving Lamborghinis and Rolls Royces, but I mean, we we had uh, you know we were we were able to make our our mortgage payments and able to drive vehicles that were leased by the company. We were able to travel. We would um, we would travel. You know, my wife and I love traveling, so we could travel to Europe for a couple of weeks and we would travel to Hawaii and we just, you know, we wouldn't worry about it. We'd go out to eat. You want to go out to eat tonight? feel like going out and just wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. You know, you want to spend money on whatever, didn't, didn't worry about it. But it still wasn't satisfying for me. Yeah, that, that's where we get back to this, this part that really caught me when I first read this psalm, this eating the bread of anxious toil. You know, you work so hard, as you've just described, and you expect things to be easy and pleasurable and peaceful. Yeah. And they're not. They're not. And you, here's the thing. You tell yourself that, that they are. You tell yourself, oh, this is great. This is great. But when you're, when you're in the midst of it, you understand that this isn't the way that it should be. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people in this situation, me included, think that they're the only one in this situation. Trust me, you aren't. I know. Have you ever heard of the uh, group America? I'm sure you've heard of America. Sure. Horse with sure no name. And, yeah. Right. One of their members, his name is was Dan Peake. He was uh, one of the original trio. And uh, I believe all the all the guys in America uh, are professing Christians. Dan Peake was for sure. And before they became famous, they were just young guys. They were in their early 20s. He said he said a prayer to God that if he made the, the America famous, he would use that group to spread the gospel. And he says, God kept his promise, but Dan didn't keep his. <laughs> and what, what resulted were, you know, million selling albums and sold out shows and stadiums and more money than, than he could imagine. So here's a guy that had, had, you know, my life like amped up a hundred times. He had the, the the mansion on the beach in Malibu. He had a, an antique sports car collection. He had antique Persian rugs because he talks about this in his testimony. He said he could do pretty much anything he wanted to do, purchase anything he wanted. And he remembers sitting in his home one day and saying, I don't need any of it. Jesus, all I need is you. Wow. And at that point, he said he was he was willing to give it up but what happened, within two weeks, he was out of the group America, 
His house burned down, and he literally lost everything. Wow. Gone. And he and his wife went back to where she grew up, I believe, in Missouri. And he spent several months just reading the Bible, and and, uh, he passed away a few years ago from a heart attack. But uh, after that time, he essentially still toured the country, witnessing for Christ and uh, playing Christian music the rest of his career. Wow. So we went from this pinnacle of the music business. Yes. And then fell from that pinnacle and then built himself up instead as a professing Christian, as a Christian to the world, as a public Christian, if you will. That's very cool. Well, this eating the bread of anxious toil, it caught me as something important because I, like Pat, have had my share of successes, I'm happy to say, and some great number of failures as well. But in terms of the successes, I worked so hard for things and I thought, you know what, it'll be great if I can just do this. I've, I've owned a business where I've also been, uh, it's been tense on Friday when we were gonna make the payroll, wondering how we're gonna do it. It's just, it just comes with the territory, I think. And you keep thinking, well, if this gets better, if there's more money around, I won't have to worry about these things and, and I'll have peace. And I'll have the kind of peace that, that defies normal understanding. I'll have more than other people and it'll be wonderful. And having experienced this over and over again, finding that when you think you're supposed to be reaching peace, you instead, you're still on the treadmill. You're still fighting away. Mm-hmm. You haven't really found peace. You're still there eating the bread of anxious toil. It's a remarkable thing. I was the president of a brokerage firm in uh, Chicago and New York, and I did some really cool stuff. And I thought, you know what? This is what I wanted to be. My way my whole life to have this and that will make me happy. That will satisfy me in a full and complete way. And I found, you know what? I was still eating the bread of anxious toil. So then I thought, you know what? I need to go out on my own. I need to have a trading business. And so I had a trading business. We had an office in Chicago and an office in Vienna, Austria, traveling back and forth. Was that cool? Was it satisfying? I was still eating the bread of anxious toil. I was still having trouble sleeping. The reason that I like this last part is that I've had trouble during these periods of actually sleeping. And finding out that God gives his beloved sleep. When you're not sleeping, giving you sleep is the most wonderful thing, isn't it? It is. And <laughs> unless you've been there, and I'm sure there's some people listening to us right now saying, oh, I, I, I know what you are saying. I know exactly what you're saying. I can't tell you how many sleepless nights I would have or just half hour, you know, 15 minutes. Yeah. And it's constant night after night after night after night after night to the point where, let me ask you, did you, did you start to get used to it and just accept it that that's the way it is? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't sent emails like at three o'clock in the morning. I used to write emails at like two or three in the morning and I wouldn't yes. send them. I wouldn't send them because I, w- I think people would think I was some sort of a nutcase writing <laughs> emails at two o'clock in the morning. Well. And then, yeah, right. And then, and then I said, decided to send them. I thought, what the heck? Nobody's going to really notice and they'll think it's a mistake or something that my emails tend to come at 1.15 in the morning. I mean, who in the world? I mean, what kind of a life is it that, that you're sending emails at 1.30 in the morning? But from the outside, people are going, Wow. Yeah, is that cool? Wow, that yeah. guy, yeah. man, he's got it going on. Yeah. Yeah, you never know what it's like on, on the inside. Yeah, it's not so easy. It's funny that we're, we're both laughing about the sleeping part because that's a that, that sort of tells you something's wrong, doesn't it? I mean, truly. You know, you got everything for the outside. People are going, wow, you got this thing. You're traveling back and forth. You're doing this. You're doing all this cool stuff. You got this money. You got this. You got that. And you can't sleep. That's, a, that, that's sort of a tell, isn't it? It that, is. That's an indicator that something's not happening the way it should be. The first night that you are able to actually get a good night's sleep and you wake up, you're, it, it's sort of like, well, I've recently just gotten glasses because my, my vision for uh, reading things has gone 
poor. So it's sort of like, oh, you've got this blurry vision. All of a sudden, you put on the glass and just you see, oh, that's wow. what that's like. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the same thing. It, it is the same thing, isn't it? It is. Because you assume that this is what you have to do. You have to know that this eating the bread of anxious toil becomes a habit. It's right. just you. This is how I, I always thought, well, this is just kind of a price you pay. You don't get any peace. You're just always, always trying to scheme and plot and come up with ideas, creative ideas, albeit. And yet... Uh, you've got all these problems that don't solve themselves, that they raise their heads at like 1.30 in the morning when you're sound asleep to get you to worry about something in the middle of the night. Right. This is the, the bread of anxious toil. This, this is, is the, the fruit of, of this kind toil. of a life. And both you and I, I mean, it's funny that we're talking about this in the same way, particularly the sleep thing, because we didn't talk about this in advance. No. We're just doing it right now because it, it's a symptom of this. It's a symptom, and the Scripture speaks exactly to that symptom. The Scripture says, eating the bread of anxious toil for he gives his beloved sleep. So there we have it. I think we pretty well defined that. So this, let's talk about the first verse here because this tells sort of in reverse order to me. We've just talked about, uh, it is vain to rise up early and go to rest late, eating the bread of anxious toil for he gives to his beloved sleep. But it starts out with this, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So we've got this sort of, this, this thing of vanity. A vain, of course, means empty, worthless, without result. And so when we talk about that, we're talking about without result. We're talking about worthless. It is worthless to build a house if the Lord isn't the one who builds the house. It's worthless to watch over the city if the Lord isn't watching over the city with us. Well, if you do it without the Lord and you try to do it on your own, you very well may become successful, but you're going to run into what you and I ran into. And I think this is a mistake that we make in life because we have our goals, right? We have, this is the direction that I'm headed. I'm going to do this in, in my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, that's, that's great. You know, you find your talent, you want to do what, what you are good at, but you have to come back to the Lord say, Hey, is, Lord, is, is this what you want me to do? Is this what I'm really supposed to be doing? And if, if, you, if you ask, he will show you. You know, chances are he's, he, you're not going to hear an audible yes or no, maybe. But you're going to see signs. You're, gonna, you're, you're going to know that you're on the right direction. You know, you're going to be able to get sleep at night. You're going to be able to, to, to do things you'll know without knowing and kind of understand without understanding. You were talking about, you know, knowing the peace that 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 goes beyond. You will f- kind of fall into that at times too, where you will understand you are doing the right thing. But if you don't go to him and come back to him during that journey, you're going to have problems because ultimately he's not building the house and he's not watching over. You're doing it on your own. And even if it's even if it's well-intentioned, you still need to come back because he needs to build the house. He needs to to watch over and make sure that the enemy doesn't get in. Absolutely. And, you know, he has a bigger plan. You know, our plans are always right. self-centered, right? Right. Our plan is, is, here's what I'm going to do for me. And it's all completely self-centered. And it doesn't really affect that even though we, we try to pretend it does, it's really self-focused because we are doing what we think we ought to do that's good for us. God has a plan that is maybe way different. Now, I was a commodity trader, and I went to the seminary. I mean, whoever does that? 
I mean, I guarantee that, that I'm, a, uh, I'm in a subset of one. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, and I had this, you talked about the signs as God talked to you. I remember when I was thinking of going to the seminary, and I, was, I was thought, this is the dumbest idea I ever had. I'm, for all kinds of reasons, I wouldn't, uh, it doesn't make sense. And I finally thought, you know, if God wants me to go to the seminary, God will figure out a way to pay for it. Yes. And without my ever asking, someone from our congregation came forward and said, I'll pay for it. Well, that was a sign. That was a sign that I had nothing to do with. I can't take credit for that. And I thought, you know, if God wants me to do this, I'm in. If, he, if he's that intent on my doing this, I'm going to do it. But, you know, it, it wasn't about me getting a better job. It wasn't about me getting some sort of financial freedom or all the things that I'd worked so hard for my whole life about. It was completely different than that. It was actually, in a way, taking away my financial freedom. But having said that, it was following God. God's building the house. If God builds the house, it will be built in the way that it should be. But we have to look for what God would have us do, and it won't be what we would have us do. You know, right. we talked about that just a minute ago. It seems to me that that we have these con- convictions that this is what I should do. And, and many of those convictions are, are to do good things. In other words, I'm not going to be a bank robber or cheat somebody or do something like that. No, I've got pretty good ideas, but are they God's ideas? Is it part of God's plan or is it part of a plan that I invented? Maybe well-meaning, but is it one that I invented? And I think what we need to do is sit back. And let God tell us what to do. Let God be the one that's designing the house. Let God be the one that's watching over the city. That it's, it's not us doing it, but it's us reacting to God, waiting for him to tell us, patiently waiting for him to tell us and do too. And then we follow his lead. Absolutely. That's, that's the best way to do it. Now, I will say, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. <laughs> It, right. it, it it just it just isn't. And if if I could coach people on how to how to do that, well, I'd probably be a lot better known than I am. I, I I don't know how to tell people to do it outside of it takes it takes prayer and it takes honestly asking. And I think everybody understands what that means. That when you're saying when you say a prayer of Lord, you know, show me what to do. As long as it is X, Y, or Z, <laughs> I, I know. But isn't that the way we do it often? It takes. It takes. I don't know about you. It takes me some time to get to the point where I'm like, okay, I surrender. I will do what you want me to do. But it takes me a while to get there, and I don't know how to tell people to get to that point. All I can say is God will let you go down a road as far as he needs you to go to get you to that point. And it's not always pleasant. It can be very frustrating at times. But until you get to the point where you genuinely say, Lord, I'm good with whatever it is you will have me do. That's the point that you have to get to. I understand people get a little afraid because they're thinking, well, you know what? I'm really not cut out for missionary work in South America. I understand that most people aren't. God is not going to give you something that you can't handle. Mm -hmm. He's going to open up doors and you're going to walk through. But it it takes an element of faith and it just, it takes an, I think it takes an element of persistence too. And just come back, just keep coming back, just keep coming back. Even these days, I think I'm on the right path. But I just, I just keep coming back in my own, you know, show me what you want me to do. Show me what you want me to do because it, it might change tomorrow. I think you hit on the most important thing, and that is that even many times those people of faith like us would 
ask God for something and have a whole plan made out as to what they wanted to do. It fits my plan, you know. Well, God has a plan. He's, a, he's an enormous plan that is much bigger and much greater and can include, who knows, like your example of being a missionary in South America. Maybe it does include that. Maybe it's something even different and better and, and more complete than that. Who knows? But you don't know unless you're listening. And you got to be listening. And prayer is yes. really listening. Prayer is not just telling God what you want. It's listening for God to talk back, to, to show you. One of the things you said early on was that, that throughout your career, God was, his hand was in it. You could recognize it retrospectively. At the time, you're thinking, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. You know, it's all about me. But really, God is always in control. But he allows us to make mistakes. He allows us to head the wrong direction, yes, which is. we do, speaking for myself, over and over and over again, and he brings us back. He brings us back. He, he shows us the way. He shows us the way, his way, and his plan. And that's what I think we want to take away from this, don't we? This idea that living in the world where it's, we rise up early and we go to rest late, eating the bread of anxious toil, but he gives his beloved sleep. You know, we've been the first part of that. The reality of it is in order to go forward really in a life that's satisfying and peaceful and truly in tune with what God would have us do, God has to build the house. God has to watch over the city. It needs to be God doing it, not us. And we're just followers. We're followers. We surrender. And that's what we do. Absolutely. I think you can tell if you're on the right path. I know I can. When uh, when I'm on the right path, it's it's at the end of the day I am spent. goes goes back to the sleep thing. I'm spent. I'm ready to go to sleep, and I look forward to the next day. Where as before, there were days I would dread. I would dread <laughs> getting up, going oh boy, and be thinking about it all night. But I look forward to the next day. I look forward to getting up, reading His Word, going to work, the whole thing. So. For me, that's one of the that's one of the ways that I know I'm on the right track. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty good indication of being on the right track, knowing that for he gives his beloved sleep, and that's that's a pretty good indicator that things are going in the direction that God would have us go. You know, it seems to me we've used this as a theme in this podcast. There's a C.S. Lewis quote, and I might use it again today. Yes. Christianity, if false, is of no importance. If true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And that's, I think, the thing we want to leave you with, this fact that this Christianity, if you've decided that is true, if you have a faith that's pure and true and doing the best you can, even the smallest amount of faith, the fact is that if you believe Christianity is true, then it needs to affect your whole life and every part of it. The thing that you cannot be is a moderate Christian, a halfway Christian. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. You'll not have the benefits of Christianity and it will not change your life. And so as we come down to this, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain unless the Lord watches over the city. The watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go to rest late, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Well, thank you for spending this time with us. Thank you, Pat. That was a, that was a lot of fun and interesting. It was. I look forward to the next one. I do too. Could we end in prayer? Yes. Lord, we thank you for being here for us, for, for leading us in a way that we would not know where to go or how to go, but, but when we surrender to you, leading us in the way you would have us go. We know that unless you build the house, we labor in vain. Unless you watch over the city, we stay awake in vain. Lord, 
give us rest, give us peace, and give us truly the direction that we need to go, that you would have us go. In Jesus' holy and mighty, mighty name, amen. Amen.